I'm Kendra Tombolato, here with Mei Zhang, and this is the China Travel Podcast by Wild China Travel. Each week, we'll be heading to a new place in China to share our top local tips and tricks, highlighting our favorite food, hotels, and experiences, as well as sharing resources. We'll be recording these episodes live on Clubhouse every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And after the podcast portion, we'll open up for live Q&A and story sharing. So if you'd like to join live, please follow May at Zhang Meijie or me at Kay Tombolato. If you're joining or catching up on past episodes, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. And lastly, if you're interested in traveling China with us or attending any of our other virtual events, please visit our website at wildchina.com. And now we'll be heading to Ningxia province in northern China. So May, maybe you can start us off by getting everyone oriented on where exactly Ningxia is, what it's like, you know, history, geography, whatever you want to share. It's not the first place that you will think about when you think about China travel. And it was not my first place to think about going to China either or growing up in China. Actually, for those growing up in China, Ningxia is probably one of the places you wanted to avoid early on because you it always had a reputation being really poor and uh, there wasn't much going for it it was known for its coal production it's near in the mongolia uh, near lanzhou and so traditionally no one really really paid much attention me included until uh, I think it was 2015, I was at this dinner, a wine dinner at the opposite house, which is a, a very chic sort of modern hotel, minimalist uh, designer hotel in uh, Salington, downtown Beijing. And they were serving all the wines from Ningxia and they were extremely good. So I was quite surprised. I'm like, when did this happen? Then I gradually start to find out Ningxia's wines by then, 2015, was already on the world stage. It was already being recognized by Robert Parker and all these amazing winemakers of the world. And, uh, and then I took a second look and I said, wait a second, what is this province, right? So Ningxia is China's Muslim autonomous region. And it has large population of a Muslim population, right? When you go there, it's located along the Yellow River. And if you think of Yellow River as, I don't know how to describe it. In Chinese, we, we say it, it writes like a Chinese character, and it's on the very upper reach of the Yangtze River when the river was actually going from south to north before it makes it a turn east. And... Um, when I finally got there, I realized this is a must-see place for anybody interested in China. The reason being, it is, among all the provinces I've been to, it is the only place where everything that China is known is condensed in one area. You can literally stand in one spot, see the Great Wall, the Silk Road, and the Yellow River all at the same time. And the scenery is, is something very different from um, southern China's sort of, you know, quaint little villages with bamboo groves in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, completely different from that. It's vast, it's dry, the mountain ranges are rocky and jagged, and uh, further out there are these um, Tenggeli desert is all just vast rolling sand dunes 
And together with the Yellow River flowing through, there are dots of um, oasis along the way. It's absolutely stunning. It reminds, if anybody likes, let me think of a couple of places. If anybody likes Namibia, Morocco, or um, the Middle East, that sort of landscape, this place will capture your imagination and with its very unique culture. I, I personally think um, it's one of the most magical experiences I've had in China. I was so glad to have discovered it. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Mace. Really cool. I have never been to Ningxia and I really want to go. So I guess uh, sort of next step um, is, you know, um, what? why do people travel to Ningxia? I know you mentioned that previously it wasn't much of a destination. So is it becoming more of a destination or is it still in the early stages? Um, you know, do you see this being something for both domestic and international travelers? Um, yeah, what's the draw? Okay. I don't think international uh, travelers have discovered it yet. So it's one of the really unknown, hidden, hidden jewels of China. Um, it's already attracting a domestic population, um, but a very small um, segment of travelers because it is it doesn't have, which is one of the reasons I like it, is it does not have the massive tourist sites. The only one that's really, really well known is Shapotou, the desert, which became famous because of a Chinese TV show of um, my dad and me. That's sort of one of the reality show. That's the name of the show. It was a film to their Shapotou, and then it instantly became very famous. But you don't have to go there. And it's the rest of Ningxia that is so real. That, that's very attractive to me. And I go there... Chinese travelers go there now because they are attracted by this particular cluster of hotels. A lot of people, if you talk to them in, in, in China about Ningxia, they will say, oh, there's this, this Moroccan little village, Xiaozhen." And initially I was like, what are they talking about? Then I got there. It's a cluster of bed and breakfast hidden in the nook of the Yellow River by the city of Zhongwei. Zhongwei is in the southwest of Yinchuan. Yinchuan is the capital city of, of Ningxia, but Zhongwei is a smaller city. You can also fly there from Beijing. So in this city that really most Chinese don't know, but they would know of this Moroccan hamlets because uh, one entrepreneur started in the area and said, this is such a beautiful place where you can see the Yellow River, you can see the train going by nearby, and you can see the Great Wall. So they build um, these designer hotels in there. Very small. When I say hotels, each B&B uh, is probably a more proper term. There are four different brands there. Each brand has between four to 10 rooms. So it's very small. In total, it's less than 50 rooms now. But they're beautiful. They're these. Um, they're built with cement on the outside, but painted as a rammed earth kind of look and feel. So they fit straight into the sandy look um, environment, and it's shaded with all these uh, trees around it. And inside of the hotel rooms are very pretty. They're just a clean bed, northern style, that's built on top of a platform which is heated. And so it's quiet, tranquil, 
And outside of the hotel rooms, there are the verandas or pillows that are made with Moroccan rugs. So on picture, this whole area looks exactly like a dreamy sort of um, one thousand and one nights um, in Arabia. That sort of、uh, feel. And so Chinese love, young Chinese love going there to take photographs. They would bring their entire wardrobe, you know, summer dresses and khaki、um, pants and desert hats, and feel like they are touring in a very exotic place. This is the biggest attraction in, in Ningxia right now. The second biggest attraction to me, I think, is the wine culture.、Uh, At the foot of Hulan Mountain, there is this cluster of over a hundred different family-owned vineyards. It's something I never imagined in China. But when you go there, it's the scale, the passion、um, that that really surprises anybody. Who who you know? It's, it's just it, it's a surprise, I guess. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.、Um... Yeah, I think、um, I'll, I'll chip in here a little bit as well about some of the the wineries.、Um, I just had the pleasure of working on an itinerary for Wild China、uh, for a trip that we have going、uh, next month.、Um, so it's a little extended weekend trip,、um, sort of in and around、uh, the capital. Um, is uh, Incheon, right?、Um, so some of the vineyards、uh, that this trip is going to look really cool. So I figured I'd just share a couple with you.、Um, and then the trip that we're doing is actually in partnership with Untour.、Um, I think most of you that are in China or have、uh, you know done some city trips to China will have heard of Untour. They do a lot of really cool food tours. Um, around China, and we are partnering with them. So、uh, some of the wineries we're visiting are going to be the Chateau Legacy Peak,、um, which is cool because it's in the sort of like protected grounds of the Western Xia Imperial Tombs, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So it sounds pretty awesome. There's like a, a winery in this, you know, old burial ground,、um, and it's the only、uh, winery that's in there.、Uh, I think it was grandfathered in, so that's pretty cool.、Um, and then we have the Kanan Winery,、um, and they have a, a Riesling, which sounds really unique.、Um, it's it's described as full-bodied and refreshing, with juicy lemon flavors, floral notes of white flowers, and a hint of petrol. So I mean I don't know a lot about wine, but I think that sounds pretty unique, and I'd like to try it.、Um, and then we have the Chandon Winery,、um, and they created a sparkling wine designed to be enjoyed at room temperature.、Um, they say that they created this for the Chinese sort of palate.、Um, so they sort of describe Chinese drinkers as as often favoring the mouthfeel over the aroma.、Um, so. This sounds really cool to me as well,、um, and then we're going to be visiting Silver Heights, which has a long history with Wild China.、Um, the founder Emma Gao、uh, is a friend of the company. May I know that she's a friend of yours?、Um, and yeah, so、uh, I hope we can.、Uh, maybe I can visit all those places someday, and I wanted to throw them all out there for you to put on your radar as well.、Um, yeah, May, did you have any other vineyards or anything else you wanted to add into that? No, I, th- I think you.、Um Paint a, a couple of my favorite ones. I really, really enjoyed、um, Legacy Peak and Silver Heights.、Uh, I have not been to Kanan Winery actually, but something surprising about Ningxia's wines, if I may go off from here,、uh, was I spent a full a whole day with Emma Gao and went around and visited、uh, Legacy Peak.、Um, I, I was asking them. I said, "Why Ningxia?" 
Why now? Why not earlier? Uh, and uh, a lot of whys. And then I found out the story, Ninja's Wines really is a very, very recent phenomena. And it's, I would say it's, it's not a place that's born to be a wine region, not at all. It is dry, does have long sunshine uh, hours during the day in the summer, but it has a very harsh winter, right? Even though the Hulan Mountain is helpful in blocking some of the very cold uh, winter front. But by nature, they have to bury the, uh, the, the, the vines in wintertime. So it's not by nature the most ideal location. It's literally the people of Ningxia willed it into a wine region. And they, they all told me the story back in 1997 when the, the older generation, uh, the, the father of the Legacy Peak uh, gentleman, I think the father is Liu Hai, and father of Emma Gao. These are all gentlemen in their 70s. They were all planting goji berry or dates and all sorts of Ningxia typical uh, cash crops. And then they said, these are not making much money. They are economy. Ningxia really didn't have much going for it. Uh, what can they do? And they went to France and visited Chateau uh, uh, area and then came back and said, we got it. We're going to be growing wines. And they literally sent their next generation, the kids. So Kanan wineries, um, Crazy Fang, Wang Fang, and uh, that's the daughter. Silver Heights, Emma Gao, and Legacy Peaks, Liu Zhongming. All these are second generation. They're all probably in their 40s. They all went to Europe, went to France, went to Germany, went uh, and studied, seriously studied winemaking, viticulture, and got degrees. And they all speak uh, German or French or, you know, one of the European languages and brought back very um, traditional winemaking methods and imported all the equipment, in, including vines, and started from scratch. So it took them about more than 20 years to really um, cultivate and train the, wine, the, the, the vines to adjust to Ningxia's climate. So now with family wineries, they are, pardon me, they're producing a very different wine that is that it, that was known in China. China in the past had Dynasty or Great Wall, all those state-owned companies that were very good at marketing and branding, but didn't pay as much attention, I would say, to uh, the grape growing, uh, the actual winemaking. But these family vineyards are making a completely different um, practice in Ningxia area. That's why the quality of the wines are so good now. I, I found the story very entrepreneurial and impressive when I visited. Ah, oh, so cool. I want to go. Um, awesome. Okay, so then uh, going along with uh, the wine, I guess we should probably eat some food as well. So do you have any uh, sort of top foods or cool cuisine or anything unique to Ningxia uh, to share? Well, to me, visiting Ningxia, the food was a little bit hard for me, actually. <laughs> but I'm a bit more of a, uh, from Yunnan, I, I love vegetable. I love like fresh vegetable and all that. Ningxia is much more a meat eating culture. And they do have some, you know, greens and things like that. But very often you'll find very tasty shou zhua yang rou, uh, which is the hand put mutton. It's it's a dish you find um, 
almost everywhere. And their their chicken's very good. They always have a whole chicken chopped up with bones inside and stewed. Those are sort of their main dishes. Everywhere you go, you have those. But I love other sort of northern.、Uh, Wheat-based, different kinds of breads and noodles.、Um, those are just in general. If you go to a little restaurant in the village, those are very tasty. Yeah, even Emma served, I think, hand-pulled noodles with、uh, her white wine. Right. Wow.、Um, awesome. Okay, so I know you touched on、uh, sort of places to stay earlier. Maybe you can、uh, say the name of that area with the boutique、uh, lodges again, and then anywhere else that you think is is worth staying or visiting、uh, that you want to add in here. Okay, I、um, the, love that river collection. It, its English name is the River Collection, but it's. Composed of four different B and B brands, one is Xipo, X I P O, another one is Xuli, and、uh, there are two other ones, Fei Miao Ji, and something else. I don't remember all of them, but if you look up the River Collection, you'll find them. And if anybody here speaks Chinese, it's Huanghe Su Ji, Su She 的 Su, Ji He 的 Ji. And they're all very good, not cheap though. And in, you have to book way in advance. I think they're right now probably more than two thousand RMB a night. It yeah. By the way, I just saw the, in my notes one of the wines that、um, um, a Legacy Peak, the the dad Liu Hai was very charming. He's like in his seventies, and he was telling us about one bottle that they have. It's branded. Legacy Peak One Two Four Six, and Legacy in Chinese is called Liu Shi, which means remaining in the world. Legacy remaining in the world, right? And he explained to me. I, I was like, "What is One Two Four Six?" Usually in Europe, those are years when the Shadow opened or something like that.、Um, but I know Ningxia doesn't have that. And so he said, "One is me. Two is my wife." Four is my four sons. Six are my six grandchildren. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny, but it, it shows you the, the the ownership of family winery spirit. Did you get to try that one? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> okay, next time. No, okay. There's a difference. Legacy Peaks、uh, tasting room. Um, it looks a bit more traditional Chinese. They would have these very heavy Chinese furniture with、um, sort of duanzi,、uh, kind of Chinese silk pillows, and it looks and it has a fish tank. I remember on the side, and <laughs> so it looks more like a traditional Chinese、uh, home, but、um, fancy one. And if you go to Emma Gao's place, Emma Gao. By the way, that's my second favorite place to stay. Is Emma Gao's、um, on-site guest house? Very simple. It's basically inside a tr-、um, what it called container, because that's how she built these temporary housing there. But you can stay there. They're very simple, and you there is no、uh, in-room bathroom. That's the biggest drawback. However, you walk out and you are right in the middle of, of her vineyard. And then that's beautiful. At, at Legacy Peak, I don't think you can stay there, but you can have dinner there or something, and you can walk out and you see the tombs 
quite far away, about a mile away. You can see them from a distance and it's just, you feel the sense of history right there. So the, the energy is very different. Awesome. Um, great. Okay. So I feel like you've already shared a lot of uh, sort of local tips with us, but do you have any sort of last piece of, of parting information? Um, you know, some local tip that you would recommend people do in Ningxia? Uh, yeah, I actually really liked that Hulanshan, the, what do you call that? The, the ruins where they have the rock painting, right? You did write about that. Um, I, I forgot what it's called, the rock painting place. Uh, let me look, let me look. You go ahead, I'll look. <laughs> yeah, I would say on site, because it's so old, you definitely want to hire one of their um, on-site guide. They don't call them docent or curator, but they really are quite well-trained. And they will take you on a walk in the valley. And sometimes walking there, you feel like you're walking back in history. Uh, the, the rock paintings are similar to the ones that I have seen in elsewhere, in South Africa, in Namibia. You, you just feel there's so much similarity in um, human history, you know, so far apart geographically. But the, the animals, they be- depicted on, uh, on the rocks, the symbols, the communities that they depicted, uh, that I find for a world traveler, it connects the dot. That's very cool. And um, from, I spent two nights at um, the River Collection. One of the most beautiful thing you want to book ahead of time is they do a outdoor dinner by the river. And that I find magical because they put this the food is very simple. The food is just um, the, the chicken, the lamb, and a couple of salad dishes that I was talking about. However, the setting, you sit by the river, and the river is quite calm in the upper street, stretches of the Yellow River. And across the river, it rises a hill. At the hilltop, the train goes by all the time. The train that carries coal, that carries cargo uh, in that northern plains. And particularly, you go there for dinner. As the dusk settles, the train goes by, draws a line of light in the darkness and while it choo-choos along. It, it's quite beautiful. That dinner is worthwhile. There is another dinner they offer that is in Tengeli, Tengger Desert. I would not do that because that is a three hours drive from Zhongwei. One way, you get there to have a lunch and then drive three hours back. To me, that's not a very good use of time, even though the desert lunch is very pretty. So do check with them. If they've changed the location of that um, desert lunch, then do it. But if it's in Tengri Desert, don't do it. I just looked up sort of what the, the name is for the rock paintings. And I guess they're, they're called like rock art. It seems to be the general term people are using for them. But they are petroglyphs, um, prehistoric petroglyphs. So that sounds awesome. Um, good top tip, May. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. it it's, it's one of the most unexpected journey in China. Different from the Buddhist temples. Yeah, one thing I was missing on my trip, but I think... If you go, if I go back, I definitely would spend a lot of time is going to the mosques to get a sense of how the local communities live. Uh, One more thing I want to say. The Yellow River, along the Yellow River, there are 
these miles-long solar farms. This is something I've never seen. They are just miles and miles long of solar panels along the river in, in a farm format. It just goes on in square kilometers. And that's shocking. So when you think about last time when we had an event in um, Clubhouse, we had um, Mr. Li Kaifu, Kaifu Li, uh, who talked to us about AI superpower. And when you go to Ningxia, this is the most unexpected place to see the scale of solar being produced. And then you understand why China is on the path um, to, to generate clean energy. Another point on clean energy is when our car pulled into the gas station to refill, they pulled out one of these, almost like a gun sort of thing, but it looks different from a Western gas station pump. But it looks more like a needle, I would say long needle. And I said, what was that? What are they adding into the car? Natural gas, liquefied natural gas. So all the vehicles in Ningxia run on natural gas. That's what you add, uh, you, put, you put in the vehicle, in gas stations. Only when you travel to Ningxia do you understand that the scale of change, this has been adopted into everyday life in Ningxia. That's really cool. I feel like that's something you'd expect to see more in like some of the bigger cities, right? I guess my sort of notion is that like, you know, Beijing and Shanghai are so much more advanced. Um, so that seems like, you know, really not something I would expect, but that's so cool. Yeah. So in China, I think because of the lack of infrastructure in the past, it gives them the perfect opportunity to leapfrog a generation of technology. So without that many roads, uh, without that many um, old vehicles, they can just jump ahead and use clean energy. Right. And same thing, like when you go to Tibet, uh, the adoption of solar power, even in nomadic yurt tents, um, that's, again, most people are like, why are they using solar to heat their hot water and cooking and all that? It's because they can leapfrog the, uh, the, uh, the technology. I find that fascinating. Wild China Travel presents the China Travel Podcast, hosted by me, Kendra Tombolato, and Wild China founder, Mei Zhang. In this series, we'll be traveling to a different place in China each week to share our local tips and expert travel advice. To catch our weekly podcasts, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.